Hey everyone, welcome back to the Good Line Podcast. This is part two of a three-part series that my friend Sarah Liu is doing on grief and loss and finding hope even when things seem hopeless. If you haven't heard the previous episode, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's really good. Sarah does a fantastic job at breaking down how to handle when we have horrible life situations that cause us grief and cause us to doubt that God truly loves us and that he's on our side and situations that cause us to even blame God for what's happening in our lives. She just did a phenomenal job tackling that question. And before Sarah starts, I'm going to set her up with the topic for for our next episode. So Sarah, on this episode, I'd like to talk about grief and its link to depression. And this topic really hits home. Um, it was just about a year ago that I actually lost my cousin Tony in a car accident, which was for me one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through and one of the hardest things I still am going through. And I know for my family, it's the same. And, and when, this, when this happened, I would say that my first initial reaction, it was, it was shock, shock at what happened and just the reality of it being so unexpected. I mean, it, it, it came out of nowhere. I was just sitting in my office getting some work done and my dad called me and uh, I just thought I was getting a nice phone call from my dad. And before I knew it, he had said the words, Tony died. And he started talking to me about the car accident, but I just kind of blanked out. I wasn't even hearing what he was saying and hung up the phone and just started crying. Um, couldn't, couldn't believe it. I was in complete, complete and total shock. And it sent me into this depressive state. I mean, I did not want to do anything. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to be around anyone. I didn't want to work. I just, I just wanted to sit there and just be sad. I mean, for the next several days, I just didn't want to do anything at all. I, I, nothing was fun or entertaining. Everything was just sad. All I really wanted was just to be there for my family members who were also going through the exact same heartbreaking thing as me. It was so incredibly hard and, and still is. And, and I would say, you know, by God's grace, me and the rest of my family, we've, we've been able to We've been able to regain since then our strength and our motivation to continue on with life. I know for me, I, I keep a picture of my cousin in my office right above my desk. And, um, and that, that picture to me is just a reminder of what's important in life and um, the reality to live life to the fullest and the call to follow Jesus to the fullest. My, my cousin was a follower of Jesus to the very end, uh, just an amazing guy. Um, loved Jesus with all his heart. He was a servant. He was always uh, serving in children's ministry or youth ministry and just loving his friends, loving his family. Um, he was just a phenomenal guy. And so, um, you know, I, I was his youth pastor growing up, but uh, um, now that he's in heaven, I feel like he's teaching me <laughs> and, uh, and reminding me every day, you know, the uh, importance of, of family and, uh, and friendship and, and doing what we can for the kingdom of God with the time that we have. And so for me, this has been a way to process. And um, I wouldn't say I've moved on. I don't think you ever truly move on from losing somebody. Um, but I've been able to carry on with life. And, um, and I know that there will be other deaths in my family. And uh, I'll, 
all of us will we'll lose family members and friends along the way. Um, but uh, for, for me, I've been able to say, you know, I've got my eyes on the kingdom and I've got my eyes on Jesus and I know where I'm going and I know that I'll see my cousin again. And so here's the, the other side of the coin. Um, I've, I've met people who have lost loved ones and it was something that happened maybe five, ten years ago. And sadly, what, what, what it has done in their lives, it, is, it has created this cloud of depression that hangs over them. And it's, it's constant. There's no real relief from it. It never really leaves. It's always there. It's always impacting them. Almost every moment of their lives is, is clouded by this grief over the loss of a loved one, which is it's just so, it's so tragic. And the thing is, I know, I know from the reality of what I went through, it's not as simple as just, you know, hey, pray and this feeling will go away. This is a very hard road that people have to walk. And so, Sarah, I just want to ask you, like, what are your what are your thoughts on this? The, the link between grief and depression. And I hope maybe if there's anyone here listening to this episode that is currently caught in a cycle of grief or depression, that that what Sarah would have to say would be encouraging. If someone was listening to this and, and they had had something tragic happen and they'd experienced natural, normal grief, but it's progressed to like this state of constant, overwhelming depression. Um, What words of encouragement could you give to them? Yeah, well, this is a really great um, question or topic. I'm really glad you brought it up. Um, Wow. Well, first of all, I have to say I'm really glad with like the way that I feel like society's been better, I think, at acknowledging depression um, and just mental health in general. Um, I mean, but when associated with grief directly, it is definitely a unique thing in and of itself. It's very present and very overwhelming. It can be, I guess, at least, you know, it has been for me as well. So, um, firstly, yeah, Aaron, I like really... 1000% understand exactly what you were feeling. Um, and I don't know if you even still deal with that sometimes, but um, not wanting to talk or even see anybody or work or even like watch a movie or listen to anything, just like not wanting to do anything. Like, firstly, like in my experience, that is 100% like what took over. It's, I heard it, I actually read it in, um, the, through the eyes of the lion or through the eyes of a lion which is um levi lesko's book um that he wrote after him and his wife lost their daughter another pastor that lost their daughter um a different one than the one i mentioned previously and i actually was reading that book before christina passed and then i finished it after which was crazy timing but um he mentioned like this one sentence in there that really just stuck with me and it was like he said it, it felt like walking like a zombie like through the world and and I think that's how he said it, because it almost struck me as kind of funny, like walking as a zombie. But and it's almost like you're you're alive but dead, and you're like observing everything but not really taking in information. And for me, like at least for the first like couple of months, um, it felt like there was a sort of like now maybe this gets into like some type of psychology thing, but like it really felt like there was this like glaze, this like tinted glaze almost over like my eyes and like everything looked different everything felt different it was almost like maybe I was like 
dissociating in a little bit, in like a little sense, but like everything, like I just, it felt like walking like a zombie, like you were just so not there. And it definitely created a very, very like overwhelming sense of depression for me. And, and depression is actually something I'm very familiar with already. I've struggled with depression since elementary school, since um, about like fourth grade is when I kind of like remember it. Although maybe I dealt with it sooner and like didn't know what it was, but um, specifically like it's something I'm aware of, you know, it's something I, I'm just very well acquainted with, you know, the, the experiences of it. Um, and yet, yeah, it was just absolutely overwhelming. I definitely, some people deal with their grief differently um, in terms of like grieving better, like with people present versus alone or maybe grieving better alone versus with people. And I feel like it's it's a very complex thing. There's really no like rhyme or reason. There's no guidebook that can tell you like how to properly grieve. There's really not. <laughs> and for me, like I definitely didn't want to talk to people for a long time. Like I, I really closed my doors and um, I didn't want to do anything. I actually specifically noticed one day when I was like sitting on the floor by my bed, how my posture was so arched over and I, I've had neck and back problems for years and I'm always so attentive and like so careful. And I remember specifically thinking like, I don't even care. What's the point? And I remember thinking about specific things like throughout my day, like when I'd be going out to buy food or something and I just would be thinking like, what's the point? And I specifically just remember noticing like different things and thinking, what's the point? What's the point? Um, with so many things and just like, I've never felt that lack of care in my entire life. And so depression was a very present thing and it's not at all something that you can like snap out of. It's not at all something you really have control over. Um, and yeah, I, I think like I, I took a note here that, you know, it's almost like, I think you, you mentioned, you know, creating a, a constant cloud of depression over people that experience loss and then you have that cloud over you for like years and you like some people never seem to come out of it and if you're on the outside of that if you really haven't experienced like a really close loss like that and you see someone that has and you can kind of think oh well just like snap out of it like why don't you just get up and go like there can be a lot of that kind of response like I've experienced that and and let me tell you it's just not okay <laughs> like please don't ever say that towards somebody um if you're thinking that let's work on maybe developing a little compassion because let me try to explain to you that it's really not something you can really control like it's just not and it's almost like for me anyway, like I became frozen in time and I think that, I think, I don't think it's just me. Like this is definitely like a, an experience that's across the board when you, when you're grieving that it's almost like you've been frozen in time. And although now it's been three years and a couple months later since I lost Christina, it feels like it just happened yesterday. It feels just as fresh and just as painful and just as unbelievable and Although it also kind of feels like it's been a decade because I'm like, I don't know, so much has happened. I'm such a different person. It feels just as painful as it did as if it happened yesterday because 
because, of, you know, the loss was so significant. And so I think there's like a freezing in time sort of effect that does happen that like if we're not careful, we could maybe live in our whole lives and live in that cloud our whole lives. And it's it's not easy to overcome. Um, so I definitely have a lot of compassion and understanding for other people experiencing that. And if you're experiencing that right now, um, wow, I'm really, really sorry. I'm really sorry. It totally sucks. And um, I, yeah, I mean, I just have to acknowledge that like your pain is so valid and what you're feeling is right. And God mourns with us at loss, at death. God's intention was never for death. And Jesus actually lost his his really close friend named Lazarus. Lazarus, he died from a sickness. And Jesus went and arrived a few days after he had died. And Jesus just wept. He mourned. And I think it's something that, like, sometimes Christian culture can forget because we get caught up in telling people that are grieving, oh, remember, remember the hope, remember the hope, remember the hope. And like, yes, very valid, very, very valid because that will carry us through. But please, please, it, it undermines people's pain when that is our only response. And so for me, it really had, it undermined my pain a lot. It, it brought up some bitterness against church people in general and sharing things with church people because I often found like that it hurt me more than helped me. And I've had to work through that, you know, um, and forgive, but like, it's, I just have to say that it's so valid what you're feeling and like that Jesus is mourning with you and he is broken for you because he, he hates to see us suffering, you know? And so in that, in that we find so much comfort from him being with us in our mourning and with us in our depression but it's not an easy thing to overcome at all and you know if you're someone that has dealt with depression before it could very likely be like also very chemical for you and so like seeking out a doctor's help and like maybe trying out some um, medicine is totally great um would for sure recommend like yes it's very it's very much okay to take medicine for depression um because it can oftentimes also be very chemically related and so that can be like the the way the way to help healing um but sometimes you know you can go down the medicine route and and realize hmm, maybe this isn't really helping me so much or maybe this is kind of just stabilizing my emotions but not really bringing any healing i'm not really feeling any better um and which case maybe, I mean, counseling, I, I, I would say <laughs> counseling, being in fellowship with other people that have grieved or are grieving um, are two of the most beneficial things I think that have been the most beneficial for me. Um, so regardless of whether or not you um, like get medicine for your depression, like being around other people that are grieving and have grieved is going to bring you like way more comfort than you can imagine. Um, there's literally kind of an unspoken thing that I feel whenever I'm with anyone that like just understands. Like it's something you can't put into words, but it's just this like 
this connection between you, you know, and, um, I found that a lot. There's groups called grief share and they're, um, they're groups, you know, I forget how many, there's like so many like classes that you work through. Um, I think there's, I want to say like around 10, but I could be wrong. I, I forget the exact number, but basically like you can go as many rounds as you need to. Um, and like so many different churches and places will host them. And so if you just go to griefshare.com, I think it is, or just Google grief share, it'll come up. You can like search your area, find a place that's hosting one near you. And it's basically just for anyone that's grieving and you get together and you watch these little videos that they've made by, from counselors. And, um, also, um, they interview like different people that have experienced different losses and you work through like a little booklet and it just gives you a safe space to just like share and to cry yeah, and at one of my sessions, like, I keep my emotions very, like, close to my chest and bottled up, like, my real deep emotions. And at one of these sessions that I went to, like, it just kind of exploded out of me. Like, I just started crying and I, like, couldn't control it. And I kept apologizing and I felt so, like, uncomfortable because I don't like showing that to people. And, like, everyone around me just came around me and was, like, praying for me and, like, just sitting with me in it and, like, crying with me. And there's something about sitting in silence and crying or just just being with someone that that is hurting like that. It just in and of itself brings so much healing. And so that to me has been a great healer of my depression, just having the support so that every day when I wake up, I just know like I have purpose in my life. I have support in my life, like I'm not alone. Um, and also seeking out therapy, just going to counseling, if you can find a good counselor. And that sometimes is a long process, finding someone you really gel with really well, someone that maybe if you need specific types of therapies or specific trauma therapies, it can be hard to find. Um, but I would definitely exhort you to please don't give up on the search because it's really, really worth it when you find someone that is that, that you click with, someone that is good for what you need. Um, so much healing has come out of that for me. Um, I still struggle with depression. I still struggle with waves of depression and I like very, I'm very, very aware of myself and I'm very aware of my thoughts and like how I'm feeling and like what certain things trigger certain emotions or memories or things like that, which has been very helpful for my healing because being more aware of like what you're thinking and what's going on and what is triggering certain things really helps you to be able to work through them. And, um, I think ultimately like bottom line, don't beat yourself up for feeling the way you do. Um, it's not wrong. Honestly, it's right that we have this response to, to evil. Um, it's right. And if you feel like that sort of righteous anger, like build up within you, like, at the evil that you've experienced. Well, that's right. That's good. Like, don't feel bad and don't feel like, oh, I'm so bad for feeling like this or, or just, just have grace with yourself. I think we need to learn to have grace with ourselves and allowing ourselves to really feel the emotion of depression, to allow ourselves to be a little overwhelmed by the sadness, by the loss, to allow ourselves to cry, to allow ourselves to grieve. Grieving is really an art form that is very slow and very painful. And it's literally an art form, I think. And it, it takes a lot of very present, very active work. Um, 
on the part of the grieving person. Um, and it's not easy. And I think it's really easy to shut off and disengage and just allow yourself to sink into like that surface level. I don't, I don't know if surface level is the right term, but I just mean like depression that kind of glazes, like numbs you, I guess is, is the right word. Um, that's totally normal too. And, and it's normal to experience like phases of numbing. I think that's like a protective thing, but, um, I think just being okay with like where you're at and allowing yourself to like feel what you're feeling because God created our emotions and we have them like about certain certain things like with a purpose, you know, like it's okay to be feeling that like it's, it's even right in some cases, like what you're feeling like, like it's a, it's the right, correct response. You know what I mean? And so um, I think like not feeling bad, I think because maybe sometimes like I, I hope, I hope that you haven't experienced this. I know personally I have maybe a few times experienced um, almost like a little condemnation from some people in the church for feeling the way I do um, and for maybe not feeling quite as hopeful as I should um, because I'm so caught in the depression and, and, and struggling in it. And like, I just want to say like, I'm sorry if you've experienced that, like, the whole thing is just a process and you have to honor like where you're at in the process and allow yourself to work through it at whatever pace your body and mind are able to work through it. And I think surrounding yourself with support, allowing yourself to feel the waves when they come. There's a great little book that's I, I think it might be a kid's book because it's kind of written and drawn like that, but it's actually really great for anybody. It's called Grief Soup. There's a grief stew. No, I think it's grief soup. <laughs> And um, basically the concept is this this old woman loses her husband and um, she makes grief soup and she puts these different things in, in, into it. It's all like, you know, um, metaphors, you know, for uh, or an analogy, I guess, for for life and, and things. And so, you know, she makes the soup. She has it brewing all day. She smells it. It's in her house. It's filling the sensor, filling her home, filling within her. She she's just enjoying she's just eating all the grief soup she's making all the grief soup and then eventually you know she she puts it in the freezer she's able to go about and do different things and then sometimes she pulls some out and she makes some and she she eats some and so i think it's recognizing like when you feel that wave of grief coming and hitting you if it's triggered by a memory or whatever like allow yourself to work through it and feel it because that's what's going to bring ultimate healing and will god willing like pull you out of the depression but you need to do it with with the support of others, you can't really fully do it on your own. Um, and so I guess that would, that would be my advice. <laughs> That's kind of what I have done and what I have seen, I guess, help me um, because I've been actively pursuing Jesus and actively seeking healing and actively surrounding myself with support with with prayer with support from the church and as well as support from professional therapy um which has been very very helpful in my healing and so i think um we will stay in that dark place for the rest of our lives unless we um unless we just stand up and and choose to surround ourselves with support and um i think that's part of the grieving process of kind of just the acceptance of what has happened which genuinely is the hardest thing and i have so much compassion and understanding um if you have not gotten to that place because i think in some areas of my life i haven't gotten to that place it's 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 the hardest thing you know it's the hardest thing to accept what has happened especially 
you know, I'm, I don't want to say especially, like in any sense, in any, in any way you lose anyone, it's really hard to accept that it's happened for me. For me, it felt like my entire life was taken away, you know? Um, anytime I would see someone lose someone, I'd always think, oh, like I can't imagine if I lost Christina, like that would be terrible. You know, that was always night. That was always my nightmare. That was always worst case scenario, you know, and you wake up one day and, and that's happened. And like, what do you do? So it's natural to be feeling what you're feeling. It's it's natural that you're depressed. Like, it's OK to feel depressed. It's a, it's OK to allow yourself to sit and in silence, to sit alone for hours. Like, if you need that, like, good, do it. Um it's okay to take time off of work. It's okay to sit in your room and stare at the ceiling. Like it's okay to do that for a time, but it's not going to be healthy in the long run if you stay there. Um, and there is so much hope to be found through the working through it. And there's so much to be learned and there's, there's so much beauty despite it, you know, and, and there is, there is so much that God is willing to do within you and through you so that you can use what you've learned and you can take the compassion or you can take the comfort with which you've been given and you can comfort those around you and you'll have opportunity to help those around you who are hurting and you'll you'll have eyes to see pain more the pain of other people you'll have compassion to give out to other people you know and so there is so much beauty waiting waiting for you as you begin processing through it i hesitate to say on the other side because i feel like with some losses they are just so close to home that the other side is just heaven. I don't think we get to the other side in this lifetime. With Christina, I'm not going to get to the other side in this lifetime. But now I'm in this journey for the rest of my life, and there's certainly a lot of healing that's taken place, although there's 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 a... There's a, a, a I guess an amount that, you know, there's a gap. And so with, with void, you know, there's, there's a void that simply will never be filled. Um, and acknowledging that and recognizing that and allowing yourself to keep going. It takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of courage. And so give yourself so much grace and have understanding with yourself and compassion because God has compassion and grace for you and with you in the process. And he's never upset at you if you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm healing too slowly or something. Like, no, 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 no. There's no, like, right or wrong. There's no quick or slow. Like, it's going to take the time the, the time that it takes for you, you know. And, and that could be your whole life, you know. And so just allow yourself to feel it, to walk through it. But don't allow yourself to be stagnant. I would say that's, in summary... <laughs> Um, that's my, that's my advice because stagnancy will, will hurt you even more. And you have so much life to live and you have so much value and so much purpose and God has so much still to do in you. Um, and he has you here for a reason and he has so much to share with you and, and so much compassion for you in your situation. So have courage because you will come through this. Thank you so much, Sarah, for that amazing advice and encouragement. If you're listening to this podcast, we really hope that it's been blessing you. We hope it's been encouraging you. We hope it's been giving you a path forward through your grief and your loss. And we just want you to know that the reason we're making these episodes is because we truly do care and we truly do want to see you trusting Jesus and trusting God, even when it's hard, even when it's something that seems impossible. We want you to hold on to hope. Thank you for listening. 
We hope this show blessed you. We hope it encouraged you. The Good Lion Podcast is a production of Calvary Global Network. It's produced by myself and Brian Higgins. Thank you so much again to special guest Sarah Liu for being on the show. Stay tuned for the next episode in this mini-series about grief and loss, where Sarah is going to be sharing about how we can help those who are struggling and how we can encourage those who are mourning and suffering. Thanks for listening.